When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm so, so sorry, everybody, that you had to see that, but I had to, so you had to as well. Shout out to Cameron Kennedy for always making the most banger intros for us, and I told him, hey, man, just go wild. We need a Mandalorian intro. What you gonna do? And that's when he came back. I, I, I have a story to tell about that intro, because, yeah, you the second you saw it, you pulled me over to your desk and showed it to me, and I was like, why did you have to show this to me? And you said the same exact, exact thing. If I have to see this, then everybody else has to see this. And then later, you went to lunch, but then you kept your uh, computer screen on the image mm-hmm. of uh, Milk Mommy on uh, Grogu, and Kevin came out of the streaming room to like uh, go to the restroom or whatever and walked by your desk and was like, oh, no, that's awful. Whose face is that? <laughs> and I told him, I was like, Kevin, that's you. And he was like, oh, that's, that sucks. <laughs> I thought I was like, why does he look like that? <laughs> it was, it's There's also a gift that exists of, of just the motion. It's a lot. You know what? I'm Tim Geddes. I'm joined today by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Such is our code. I have our little dude Grogu right here. And the the lifelike, the one that we ordered <laughs> during Mandalorian season one that is finally here. Absolutely. Didn't have a home, but now he does. And rounding out the group today, it's the one and only Anthony Carboni. Grogu, it looks like, took my place. I've been demoted Brady Bunch style <laughs> to the middle of the grid here. <laughs> So that's the other thing, too, is Sage Ryan is supposed to be joining us as well for these Mandalorian <laughs> breakdowns here on Kind of Funny. She couldn't make it today, unfortunately, but we're like, hey, we got to ride with the crew we got. Trying something a little different with the set design here. We're trying to have some fun with the, the screencasts. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Carvoni's down there for today. Will he be in one of these next week? We'll have to see. But that's the exciting thing about Kind of Funny. Anything can happen, but we also like consistency. Consistency like the fact that every single week right after Mandalorian – on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. We will be live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny to react and break down the latest episode of The Mandalorian Saga. Of course, you can get that on YouTube. You can get it on RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. Um, if you Search wanted, your podcasts. You know it, you know to, it be to be true. You know it to be true, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you wanted to get the show ad-free and get a whole bunch of bonus content, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Nathan Lamoth, Tripod++, Trent Barry, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. A new round of producers, because it is a brand wow, it's new March. month. It's March, It's already baby. March. Remember, it's March. I remember, like... It was like the last episode of Andor when we were talking about like, oh, like Last of Us is about to come out and it's going to be Pedro Pascal and it's going to go right into uh, The Mandalorian, also Pedro Pascal. It's Pedro Pascal season and it's here. We're in the thick of it. We're in it. I mean, at the same time, we're talking about the the major watch, right? Jonathan Majors, we got him in... um, in Ant-Man, and we're getting him in Creed 3 this week. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it's we're living out here. We're living, and it's a good time. Carboni, I haven't caught up with you in a while, man. This is a, we've been, we've missed you, right? How, yeah. how you been? What's going on? 
I missed y'all too. Uh, you know, not not much. Still, Sage and I are still doing the morning show. We do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I just did uh, the Ant Man premiere. Speaking of Jonathan Majors, watch. Yeah, come on down here. I'm this down here. This is big Modoc energy. <laughs> come on down here. <laughs> stretch out his face. No, I'm you don't actually me do into that. a Modoc. Listen, I know this is not the right show, Kevin, but could you stretch me into a Modoc? I do whatever you need. You want me to work on that? I can. Listen, if you could stretch me into a Modoc, I'd be. I'd be really grateful. I'd be really I'll, grateful. I'll see what I can do. I got some ideas. <laughs> hey, we got our best guys can, on can, this. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't ask you. Uh, ask y'all. I, I listen. I know this is this is not Star Wars related, but I do just just for a quick moment. I do want to know: Are the people here at the table? Are we pro doc, or are we are we anti Modoc? Two thumbs pro doc. Pro doc. One of the, the best way. parts of that movie. Uh, I like. 100%. Okay, good. I like to say, let's get more doc. You know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Give me Mo Doc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for a different show. We've been waiting a very long time for the return of the Mandalorian. Some of us have been waiting less long than others because we watched the Book of Boba Fett. Um, right. But they they jumped right into this chapter 17, <laughs> right? Yep. Chapter the, the Apostle um, in the Mandalorian saga. We watched it last night. I'm really excited for everybody's thoughts. I want to start off with Anthony Carboni. What'd you think of this episode? I think Clone Wars fans were eating last night, and I love that. Uh, I do think uh, we had a lot of table setting this episode, which can be, sometimes it can be uh, uh, not the most exciting thing to watch, but I do think that there were uh, a lot of great moments, and just just for a Grogu hugging an Anzellan, I think, Dianu, we can be grateful for this episode. God. Yes, yes. <laughs> Barrett, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I get where Carboni's coming at. It's like it was a gear shift for me, right? Where it's like we, we had all these exciting things going on at the end of season two of Mandalorian, which was a little over two years ago at this point, which is crazy. Like we had a different crew almost of uh, people reviewing the Mandalorian season two. Um, uh, that's how long ago it was. And then, you know, book of Boba Fett weird show that I uh, watched the, the last couple of episodes of to, to kind of brush up on things and got weird exciting. Show, man. <laughs> it's, it's really so weird. weird. <laughs> uh, remember when Luke and uh, Ahsoka hung out in the show called book of Boba Fett. That was really yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, and there's exciting tidbits from that of like the, the aftermath of season two to and so like in it, the headspace i was in i was like all right we're gonna get like all of these answers and we did get some answers of like where things were left off at the end of season two with uh uh the dark saber and bo-katan and all that stuff um but i had to remember of like this is the mandalorian we, we start off a little bit in, in you know in gear one and it takes a little bit to to rev up to a couple of like more exciting things um like you say a couple of times uh when we were reviewing the first couple of seasons right it does feel a little bit like video gamey at times of like all right now we're gonna go on a side quest and I think sometimes that works and sometimes it feels like a all right, we've started a side quest and now that's unlocked three different side quests that you have to do to be able to finish that one that first side quest to get back to the main quest and all that kind of stuff. And there's a little bit of that in this episode that didn't have me frustrated but has me questioning of like, all right, what's the what's the pace of this season going to be? So it was uh it was a fun episode. Uh like Carboni said, maybe not the most exciting for everybody, but there's still some fun tidbits here and there and some interesting follow-ups and answers to to things we've been thinking about for the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about it, Tim? Yeah. You know, I'm actually, I'm pretty high on this one. And I think it's because it, it was just a lot of damn fun. 
And I feel like mm-hmm. with Star Wars, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with, with Barrett where most of my criticism I have about this episode and just where we're at with this story has less to do with where we're at in this story and more how we got here with uh, the Mandalorian placement in the Book of Boba Fett with where season two ended, some bizarre choices, the recap on this one, not even answering those questions. Like, I thought that was going to be a slam dunk. They yeah. didn't do that. Uh, they just kind of threw you in together. Uh, he's back with Grogu, and maybe they'll explain more in the future. Maybe they won't. We got some answers through some of the dialogue of, like, um, what what's been going on yeah. and the the Cara Dune stuff and the like Moff just, Gideon just stuff. Moff Gideon <laughs> like Cara, yeah 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 we got Cara Dune answers Poochie yeah. had to go home to his home planet yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I knew the Moff Gideon stuff later on though because yeah. I, I want to have a conversation we'll, we'll get into we'll get yeah. into all of it but just top level for me I was like um they they did all that stuff and it's 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 I mean at at worst it's horrible at best it's serviceable yeah. but it's definitely not good having said all of that. I kind of really vibed with this as being just a reset point for the Mm -hmm. Mandalorian. It's weird to go into this as a chapter 17 that does not feel like a chapter 17. Yeah. But I kind of like that the show feels like it has a new mission statement. It has a new, a new purpose, a new journey. This is they're back together and he's trying to figure out what it means to be Mandalorian and become it again and change that for everybody. And that being the the goal that we're driving towards, I think is, I think that's a cool one. It's cool. And it like, it's very Star Wars. This episode had so many moments that I was like, that's so Star Wars. For better or worse, mm-hmm. coming just off of Andor, though, which we all agree was phenomenal. And, like, some of the best Star Wars has ever had to offer. It being such a great premium prestige television show. Um, and they absolutely nailed that. And I want to see so much more of that. And I loved it. I really loved this, though. I love that there's, there can be the pulpy, fuck it, we're going to give a hero shot to people. Like Something I love so much about Star Wars is that it can create characters that we're rooting for that just look cool, and there's cool music playing, and there's cool things around them. And, and this episode really delivered that. And we're fighting really a big alien wow. dinosaur alligator. Yeah. This, is the most, this is the most posy I've heard you in a, in a, in a while, Tim Getty. It was Andor. I, it was his Andor arc. That was the arc he went on where he like started a little bit like softer on it and then got really high on it and now he you know now he's this positive Tim over here no see the thing is the thing is when it comes to mando when the man when mandalorian just is like you know what fuck it that's what we are we're i'm a cool dude in a cool suit with cool music i can vibe with that and that's Mm. why starting with mandalorian season two i'm way higher on mandalorian season two than one and I think it's yeah. because they told a story that built to an expected surprise, and I got that expected surprise, and it was Luke fucking Skywalker. Like, I could yeah. not have been happier about that. And this mm. seems like they're going down that 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 path a, a bit. Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say, uh, I know I'm going a little long on my opening thoughts here, but the, the thing I loved most about this episode was uh mando coming in fucking saving them and the the music playing that's always great mm-hmm. but it was the space battle between them we have never seen this in live action in star wars mm-hmm. where there is a space fight between two separate teams even if it's just one ship versus many where we're getting the cockpit stuff from the bad guy's point of view yeah. from the antagonist mm-hmm. point of view it felt like fucking star fox mm-hmm. it was yeah. so cool seeing him go between the different meteors hide the, 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 the music things happening eventually they're like where the fuck did he where go, the fuck did he go? <laughs> yeah, that was that, cool. there was about five minutes in this episode that the moment it stopped i paused and i rewatched. then kept watching the rest of the episode and then i watched that five minutes again it's fucking awesome. It was so damn cool. And look, is it just a bunch of bullshit? Yes. Star Wars can be bullshit, and it can be fun when it's bullshit, but it knows that that's what it's doing, man. I absolutely agree with you, Tim. Continue. Amazing. Amazing. 
What do we want to go next? Yeah, where do we want to start oh. off? Like, uh, do we want you to normally? S- normally, this is where you normally this is where I try to go somewhere next, and then you cut me off because we got to read a thing. But if we don't have oh, to no, read we'll a read thing, the, we'll read the thing in a little bit. Okay, go off, uh, Carboni. Okay, well, I love that we start with a reminder in the beginning of this episode that uh, Dinjar and the Mandalorian is from an extremist Mandalorian splinter cult. Mm. The more we get reminded of this, the happier I am. He's not a regular Mandalorian. He's a weird Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I liked and I liked seeing the uh I like seeing a child getting sort of inducted into being one of these uh, uh into being a child of the watch and seeing what goes into that. And I also like that every single baby Mandalorian has to look like Daniel Logan. <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> Like, how was that not that him? I was like, like a holy baby shit. Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah I, I was really thrown. But it was also like, is this a flashback to when, uh, uh, what's his first name? Uh, Jin? Uh, Din, yeah. yeah Din. I, that's what I thought. I was yeah, like, I was like is this a flashback? Din? And yeah. I was like, this kid is way too white and way too freckly to be young. Uh, 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 Jin. Uh, fuck, Din? Yeah. Din Jarn. I, I get confused because they Jin both have Urso. the, yeah, <laughs> Jin Ursa. Um, I was like, uh, who who is this? But then, you know, the more you see it, and I was also confused because the last time we saw um, the armor and um, uh, that uh, that big Mandalorian dude uh, was in Book uh, of Bo- Boba Fett, and it was just the two of them. And then it was like, yeah. oh yeah, we're getting a little bit of a time jump here because it's way bigger of like a cult that they've kind of like uh, kind of regrew uh, since then. And so it was like kind of throw- throwing me off of like, when is this? And uh, but then it was well, cool to see Mando come in. I- and I think that was on purpose, right? I think mm. we've got Rick, uh, we've got Rick Famuyiwa back, uh, who's directed some of my favorite episodes of the show, and um, I think it was supposed to show that, like, yeah, this is this is a tradition. This could have been Din. This could have been any kid that became a child of the Watch. Um, seeing Paz Vizla, who you're talking about, the the heavy Mando. The heavy Mando is um, John Favreau, of course, playing a right. descendant of his Clone Wars characters pre pre Vizla, um, which I think is fun. Uh, but it was kind of cool to see Mando, who's been excommunicated, who is the apostate here, come in Hold and on, just sorry, like, sorry, 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 sorry. I need to clarify. Yeah. Is his ancestor pre Vizla and he's Vizla? He's he's Paz Vizla. Paz Vizla. Are we gonna get a post Vizla? <laughs> yeah, po- yeah. Pose Vizla. So pre okay. pre Vizla's name obviously comes from pre visualization, which is the first part of special effects, which is why it's pre pre Vizla. And so now we have Paz Vizla, and it's just John playing. Love that the descendant of John, but um, <laughs> John, son of John, is mm-hmm. who he's playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but I love this giant alligator comes out of nowhere, space alligator, and. Uh, Din comes in in his Naboo starfighter and is just like, are you sure you still don't want me? Because I'm here and I just saved everybody again. Can I be, are we cool? No, we're not cool. <laughs> yeah. What is it going to take for me to be cool? I've got I just this tiny little piece of, cult. I got this piece of glass that maybe I can become cool, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I, I loved this uh, opening where we got the the Star Wars logo, like the thing that we've seen now for the, the since the Disney Plus show started where yeah. we get the, the flashing lights and all that stuff. But we hear the um, armor, armor kind of like yeah. working oh. on stuff and new I, and new characters too. That's a new. Oh, I logo. didn't notice. Yeah, we're Marvel. We're Marvel Studiosing now, mm. boys. It's it's going to be different for every show. I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my boy. <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> but um, yeah, they used to start with the 
with the different helmets, right? Mm-hmm. That right. Uh, that sort of represent Star Wars. They still started with Vader, but then they went into characters that we only see in the Mandalorian. Uh, and, they, and they've been doing that a little bit, like changing, like before, the yeah. changing the intro helmets up a little bit, like with uh, Bad Batch and other show. I think, um, yeah, the spin, like the Jedi uh, animated thing that we got, Tales, Tales of the Jedi. Tales I think of the they Jedi, played yeah. with that a little bit. So yeah, that was cool. It's That's cool tight. to see it like be project specific now. That's fun. Yeah. yeah, it is super fun, and I just hearing the the clanking remind me of Marvel, and it got me excited mm-hmm. in in a way that. They haven't yet in Star Wars, where it's just like changing up the familiar, which is it's a new familiar. And I to give credit to Mandalorian, like it is now something that is half a decade old. Like the Mandalorian is now yeah. a, a Star Wars character that that means so much to us. And I was nostalgic about this. Like like yeah, that's right, Barrett. That's right, Barrett. This, yeah, that, let it sink and one in. One day you'll and one day you'll be dead. <laughs> it's, it's, what I'm, it's what I always have on my mind, Carboni. <laughs> Time does never stop. But to to get to the credits of this and see the the concept art like they always do, I'm like, damn man, like there's something really cool and special about this show, whether it's the best mm-hmm. thing ever or not. Like I think that at this point, it's just not, and we can understand that personally. But that's okay. It, it can be what it is and be really good at that. And this opening is just like, fuck you guys. This is a live action cartoon. There's a giant alligator, yeah. and it's going to go fight a bunch of Mandalorians, and then our Mandalorian is going to come in in a Nabu starfighter and save the day. And his, it's going to be fucking cool. And it was custom cool. starfighter, dude. Then once again, later <laughs> in the episode, the- we see him turning it on. It's fucking fast and furious. You just hear the drum, drum, drum. Yeah. Like this <sighs> is so tight. <laughs> with the with the added with the additional Grogu bubble, mm-hmm. I just love I know. Like, the way he pops out and it hits like the music beat as well. Is like, oh, this is great. When that. I was like, oh, we're back. We're back. When you're saying when you're saying cartoon stuff, though, one of my favorite phrases is when he brings the piece of the uh, the piece of Mandalore that he got from the Jawas to the armorer, who Aaron is just just continues to kill it as the armorer. I love her so much, and uh, he's she looks at it and she goes. Yes, crystallized by fusion rays, and Grogu makes the face that I feel like we all made, which is like. This is some Star Wars bullshit right yeah. here. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Grogu was like, I don't know if that means anything, but if you say it, yeah. <laughs> sure. 100%. Also, I, I do appreciate that we we watched the trailer. We did like a, a screen by screen or frame by frame breakdown of what we thought was going to happen. And I feel like I'm already thrown off. Like, mm. I feel like the whole opening yeah. scene where we see all the, the Mandalorian with, like, the mismatched colors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we thought, like, that was going to be Mando, like, recruiting, recruiting people. Recruiting people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, cool. That's kind of done. And, and on top of that, I know we're jumping around a bit here, but the way Bo-Katan was dealt with, and, like, especially where this mm. episode ends, her saying goodbye, I, I expect we're going to see her more this season. But, like, that could have been a goodbye, which just throws me off of where we're at with this. Yeah, yeah. to talk about Bo-Katan and where we uh, followed up with her, I thought was interesting. Like, obviously, things didn't go her way, Like, and we've known that since Book of Boba Fett because, you know, they walked out of the, the end of uh, Season 2 of Mando, and he still had the Darksaber and all this stuff. So I thought it was interesting of, like, what happened with her and it it, yeah. it it didn't feel I don't know I I struggled with that a bit of like how she just kind of became deflated I I didn't believe that she walked off of that ship at the end of season two not trying to earn the dark saber even if it yeah. meant fighting Mando and I I, I thought felt, that was a weird I choice weird. I felt weird about it I mean yeah there was there was some stuff that like I want to talk more about Bo-Katan there was definitely some stuff that I felt <laughs> weird about um. Like, it felt more like Satine than Bo-Katan, you know? Yeah. Where, like, it's like, okay, like, things didn't go my way, and, you know, I'm just going to 
kind of go back to my uh, my cool little castle on a, the moon planet of uh, of Mandalore and and all that stuff. And I, 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 it was cool to like hear their family name and, and stuff like that because you don't yeah. really hear that when it comes to Bo-Katan. You hear that name more when it comes to to Satine from the Clone Wars. Yeah, um, and it was cool yeah. to see Kalavala, which we know like which we associate with Satine because we know from the Clone Wars that. But obviously, Bo-Katan is from there too. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, the yeah the sad the sad emo Bo-Katan lounging on an empty throne or in a throne in an empty castle Not was cool. good, goodbye goodbye man it's a cool vis- it's a cool visual but That's you're it. right Barrett Very in empty. that in that that the the tone of that scene felt very off to me and we know that Bo-Katan like isn't just going to demand the dark saber because she's not allowed to and she believes in that she's like if he has it it's his unless I beat him um but I'm shocked that there isn't more that there wasn't more confrontation during that scene. And I'm shocked that there wasn't more I don't know, that we just didn't get more from her. I don't know whether like we're gearing up for something or she's gearing up yeah, for and something. That, and that's or what, what that was like kind of the gear shift that I had to have, where it's like, oh, okay, we're getting a little bit more follow-up tidbits here, but I don't know. It, it, it felt like a weird place to kind of start it and then leave off yeah. and then end the episode with that. I mean, it being I the end of the episode, I do think is like the the telling thing. I'm like, they want us to be thinking about this. And is that in a way yeah. of like, they're moving on from that story, which I doubt, or is it more like, hey, this is part of the main story and that's mm-hmm. why it's ending episode one. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm with you, Garboni. I do like, I, I do like her truth drop into to Din, though. Like her, the way she's constantly dropping truth about Mandalore and Mandalorians to Din is very good. And it's, and it's stuff that you wanted Din to think to himself in the beginning of the episode when we see him with the armor, which is like, hey man, you're a dad now. You got friends all over the galaxy. You're a hero. Why don't you just lean into your found family? Oh, we're getting there. I can see it. Um, <laughs> why don't you just lean into your found family and raise your son and mm-hmm. be a hero. Why do you have to be part of this weirdy cult that isn't what you think it is? And hearing some of that stuff come out of Bo-Katan's mouth, which is like, "Hey, man, this is not what this is not what you think. Mandalore isn't what you think. Being a Mandalorian isn't what you think." I uh, I think that's important stuff for him to hear. Though I did love that his takeaway when she was like, "The planet is poisoned and terrible." He's like, "So you're saying it is cursed and the cult is right?" Yeah. Like he's so programmed and indoctrinated. Yeah, it's it, it's very interesting to see. And to take it back to that first scene, it, like I think it, that was a smart uh, like use to remind us of like how long uh, Mando has been a part of this cult and like how ingrained it is in him, right? Like even though that kid wasn't uh, Din, it still like felt like a good representation of like, yeah, he probably was around that age when they did this whole kind of uh, um, um, what like lead into the whole like ceremony and stuff like to becoming a a Mandalorian. Um, And so I, I liked that kind of throughout you know, like he gets offered of like, oh, like why don't you why don't you get this house? Uh, God, that's awful. Um, I died in Avenger. <laughs> Fantastic job, Kevin. And, and I like. God, if I if only Roger wasn't running anything, I could have him PNG it out, and it would have been a little bit smoother. But this is what I could do. And we're doing it live, and you know what? It was still a great job doing it live. It looks like he's sitting in. The <laughs> I know it's awful. Barrett, um, you've you've always been like a brother to me. Oh God, um, and. So, yeah, like uh, those like little reminders of like, hey, like, God, I don't like that he's flying around. Jesus Christ. No. Um, 
But I, I, I liked that throughout throughout it. Right, it was a little reminders of how ingrained he is in this mindset of being a, like this hardcore Mandalorian and being offered to like, yeah, buy this little house and you know, uh, you know, be a sheriff in this town and stuff like that. And he's like, no, this oh. is this is something more important to me. Is you know, like uh, getting my honor back uh, for this uh, group that raised me. I, I want to keep talking about this, but before we do that. Let's take a word from our sponsors. There it is. <laughs> Kevin. Good <laughs> sponsor. Shout out to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. Remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself that you'd stick to? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes so you can enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using HelloFresh for years. Kevin loves how easy it is to get Paula vegetarian options, while I just love how quick the fast and fresh recipes come together during a hectic day in the studio. Go to HelloFresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping hellofresh america's number one meal kit the newest episode of my video essay series the blessing show is out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and it's all about black hair in video games black representation is complex compared to alien frogmen i'm sure it's way easier to conceptualize this than a fade Elden Ring is the highest selling new IP in years, and I guarantee you, From Software and Bandai Namco understands that their audience extends internationally. When given the option to create a black character, I'd like to create a version of myself that doesn't look like a Lil Nas X thing lead for Fallout Boy. For many, I'm sure this seems like a very minuscule and specific thing to complain about. There's plenty of noteworthy areas of improvement the games industry can still make, even in just the area of representation and inclusion. So why is black hair when to harp on? Well, for folks who just listen to me on podcasts and have never seen a kind of funny video before, surprise, I'm black. Check it out over on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we're back. We got to talk about the return of one of the goats at this point. Mando! You're a legend. And so is he. So is he looking better than he's ever looked. And we've seen Uh, pictures. We've seen him in the trailers. His city thriving now. Things are looking great. But on top of that, he has little droids just to hold up his his robe. Are you kidding me? Every time those were in the shot, I was like, this is perfection. Yep. It was high magistrate grief carga who's pretending like he's not putting on airs and like he's not like super happy. He's the big guy or whatever. But definitely is like he yeah. makes the joke with with Mando like, oh, hey, that's high magistrate. Ha ha ha. But then when somebody forgets to call him high magistrate, who isn't his friend, he's like, oh, that's fucking high magistrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really like so it. extra. And like the more we see of him throughout the, the years uh, in The Mandalorian, the more it's like Carl Weathers was just like the fucking perfect casting for this character. It's so, so good. good. So damn good. 
Uh, and I, I really loved the the kind of building out of um, Navarro and like where mm-hmm. we've seen it so much. And obviously the the plot, the the side plot, the video game plot point of Mando needing needing a droid. He needs a droid to take him to Mandalore. It's like, what droids he gonna get? And it's like, you know what? He's gonna try to fucking rebuild IG Eleven. Like, I just love that Mando's like, yeah, that's the plan, and I'm sticking to it. And that goes back to yeah. the the cartoon. I only like of this. one droid. Yeah, I only like it. And like, obviously, we we saw where this went, and it went to some scary places. We got some straight up Terminator yeah, shit. With that him was that was coming cool. back. Like, it was pretty damn cool. A lot happened in this episode. Um, it was just like a lot of little moments that like add up to what I think this show's vibe kind of is at this point where I appreciate this compared to some of the older seasons where I feel like we, instead of getting one episode focusing on side quests, like a, a specific side quest, this was kind of teeing up a bunch of side quests mm. at once yeah. Yeah. while actually like making progress. I like how many places we visited in this episode. Yeah. I like how mm-hmm. much we were in space on different planets. I mean, we, we skipped it, but even to get to Navarro, the amazing Star Wars ass shot with the music playing, him going through hyperspace and Grogu yeah. just looking at it on uh, the fucking space. Oh yeah, whales. we need to talk yeah, about we that. We gotta talk about the we, Pergils, please. We gotta talk about space whales, Tim. You know about space whales? I do now because I I'm thought, almost done with season two of Rebels. <laughs> I thought about you, Barrett, when he looked out the window and he saw the Pergil. I was like, Barrett Courtney a, is somewhere. <laughs> Screaming. Yeah, I I I, I tweeted out. I I usually do my like midnight tweeting. Like, all right, it's time to watch the Mandalorian. And then my follow up tweet was, "Yo!" And that's what that was referencing because that was just. If you don't know the greater context, uh, the the per- Pergil, the Pergil, Pergils. the Pergils. It's been a while since I've watched the latter half of Rebels, but uh, oh, wow. they are these space whales that can travel uh, through hyperspace. They travel real fast, uh, and uh, some slight spoilers for the end of Star Wars Rebels. They're kind of key to the last like couple of episodes there, and you mm-hmm. know, as we've gotten little tidbits throughout the you know Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian stuff of you know characters that are being searched for, uh, things of that nature. Ahsoka looking for Thrawn. Uh, you know, the one of the reasons we're theorizing she's looking for Thrawn is because Thrawn was last seen with uh, uh, Ezra Bridger. And they were um, on a ship that was like they got pergilled. Yeah, they got pergilled. Like they got they were like on a ship that was like Ezra pergilled them. <laughs> yeah, but it was like they're like I forget if like the pergil like had it in its mouth or whatever. But then the pergil went through uh, hyperspace and then they disappeared. Uh, and so that was just like a nice little reminder of like okay. There are going to be still some interesting things uh, in the grand kind of felony verse of what he's uh, been telling over the last like over decade at this point. Yeah. Uh, but what I love is mm. if you don't know what a pergil is, that shot still works. And that that's the thing about these kind of like background lore drops. They're getting better at these where it's like you don't need to know all that about pergils. If yeah. you do, that's a great moment. Yeah. If you don't. This is a moment where you see Grogu going through hyperspace and kind of looking at the universe around him. Yeah. And you get the feeling that, like, he's not so much amazed by it as he understands it. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, I got it's, that vibe. Yeah. It's the Jurassic Park moment. It's tried and true in, in cinema. And it's just like the, the moment of wonder for us as the audience, whether or not the character is feeling it. But again, this, this episode had so many Star Wars moments. This was one of them. And, like, yeah. the music playing, Grogu looking out, like, it was just... 
so good and you're you're so right carboni where it's like you don't need to know it all it's still just a cool star wars thing this could yeah. be your, your first introduction to it and it's just like oh shit there's there's things in hyperspace like yeah. that just alone a is a little, cool no, that was a nice little moment to do a bunch of different layers of things yeah like yeah it, just, yeah, a, just a little a, moment where yeah. he look out into eternity and then he gets sleepy and he t and he snuggle up with his dad, dude. Oh my, him going <laughs> like coming down and getting in there. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like they just know what they have with this little fucker. He's just I perfect. I know. <laughs> I thought during that scene, my my big thought is, what age do Yodas say their first word? It, it was interesting. Kevin and I were outside talking about this before uh, uh, Game Daily, I think, this morning, and it's like. He's like, what, a little over 50? And it's like, that's a long time to be a baby. You know, yeah. like, that's really Yeah, he's like up. 55 or 56 at this point in the show. Yeah. And so it's like, when are you going to say dad Because that's going to be his first word, right? Mm, mm. Like, that's definitely going to be he's his gonna first word. He's going to call Mando daddy in the season. He's going to call Mando daddy. Dada. Yeah. My cool slutty daddy. <laughs> he's going to call him daddy just like everybody else on the internet. Exactly. Daddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that was a cool uh, a transition to Navarro. Like mm -hmm. you're saying, Navarro was setting up a lot of stuff um grogu was spinning in his chair just like me during any other meeting ever um <laughs> <laughs> like it, like was it he was using the force to spin it too and then yeah. he was using yes. the force so i like how uh, how much they were showing of like how comfortable he is using that now because it was always like big moments overusing it and even though he only got a little bit of training from luke in a show called the book of boba fett uh well, supposedly it was a lot of training like, yeah, we don't know I, what the time skip is. They didn't. They didn't say it's officially in, in the show. Time works differently in the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on uh, what's his name, Favreau on the um, the premiere was saying that there is a one and a half to two year gap between uh, the end of season two and mm -hmm. here. So he's Jesus been training Christ. with Luke to some extent for two years, almost two years. Which I, I again. The more you start thinking well, about the did, did he made, say the stupid. gap between Mando season two and three, or the gap between Mando season two and Book of Boba Fett? Between two That's, and three. Okay, so I I imagine Book of Boba Fett takes place a little bit closer to Mando season two. That's a good point. Than Mando season three. That could totally work. Yeah, yeah. Because my impression is like when he le like he's training, but like Luke is still kind of lost in like how to teach him and stuff like that. Like that still felt kind of early on in the, the whole training, like when he decided to leave. Jesus Christ. Love it. <sighs> Love uh, it. But yeah, we get a lot of stuff here, including uh, there's some more Clone Wars stuff for Clone Wars fans. They mentioned the Heidi and Way, which we've heard before a lot, that the, the tr interstellar trade route. Um, but then also when we see these pirates, they're weak ways. This is a live action weak way. I know. And they looked so good. And that was this like, is a Hondo Onaka. Yeah. And it was one of those like, you know, I, I rewatched uh, Book of Boba Fett. And when uh, the boy Cad Bane comes through, it's like still even after a year, I'm like, he looks a little off. He looks. But yeah, like the uh, the space pirates, the, I think the first real time they've been uh, really translated live action besides the um uh, Millennium Falcon um, ride at uh, Star Wars Land. Like it was, I was really impressed, and especially like when you were talking about like uh, going into their cockpits during the dogfights and stuff like that. I was like, God, this is like really impressive. And that main one, yeah. uh, I was, I was really taken back. Vane, yeah. Vane was good. Vane was good. I, I like that they have this like this cool kind of like tough Cockney like British accent thing almost going on. Yeah. Like, you know, you expect Vane to ask him if he's having a laugh. Like, it's very good. <laughs> and uh, I just, 
the only thing I could think for the poor actor that played Vane is he had to ADR every line of dialogue. I was watching yeah. that mouth move yeah. on that on that mask, and I was like, there's no way his words were coming out clearly at all. There's a he was in a vocal booth for weeks. Vibe to it that I, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And it like it just makes it feel like pulpy and fun here. Where, yeah. Like it it's goofy. It's goofy as all yeah. shit. And like having these pirates like talk to him. I lo- like this. And that between, adds to the Star Wars charm. Uh, yeah. 100%. Their leader's a swamp thing. Dude, it's great. I mean, that like <laughs> having the, the, the rise of tension with these pirates where even like getting into it was just like, uh, it can wait. It's like, oh, but it's pirates. And it's yeah. like, that's funny. Then we get the show off in the streets where there's like, you're like, you're getting soft. You want to duel? It's like, yeah, I'm ready to fucking duel. And it just turns into a Western, which is like perfect. But for it to escalate to the dogfight, them chasing Mando down, but that final moment of the 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 chase through space and then you're like, I, I'm leading them right to you, whatever. And then Mando just deals with it. just like, I don't deal with pirates. <laughs> just and then freaking like, like yeah. goes. It's oh. Brad, you see the swamp thing just being like, no, like, it's so stupidly <laughs> And I, and, and I like that that's like a little threat. Like that's going to be someone that we see. Through, and like, I love throughout that. That's yeah. great. That was oh. cool. And I love the way it's all couched as him teaching because they're a clan of two and he expects that he's going to be uh, welcomed back into the child. The, uh, he's going to be welcomed back as a child of the watch again. And it's his job to train this kid who chose being a Mando over being a Jedi in the show, The Book of Boba Fett, which is about Boba Fett, um, to teach him to be a Mandalorian. So he's like, this is how you use your ship. This is what's going. Here's something you should know. Oh, and by the way, we don't deal with pirates. Like yeah. They always right. lie. I had a quick thought because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of setup in this episode of like kind of what we expect Mando's journey to be of going on this quest to kind of uh, repent for his sins of taking off his uh, helmet at the end of season two and going and trying to, you know, do what he can to fix Mandalore, go to Mandalore, bathe in the mines of whatever. And I have an interesting thought, right? Where, you know, Grogu's quest, it felt like for the longest time was to, you know, learn to become a Jedi and a a force user and train and all this stuff. And he gives that up for someone he loves. I, I feel like that's, we're primed for Mando's journey for this, right? To do all of this stuff and then to kind of learn to give that up for his little yes. guy that he loves, right? Like, I feel like at the end of this, Mando, at the end of this season, I would not be surprised if Mando's like, all right, like, I'm not part of this, uh, you know, the the Night Watch, like, hardcore cult uh, Mandalorians anymore because of how much uh, I, I love little Grogu and, like, giving that up after Grogu gave up his kind of, like, greater journey in in the grand scheme of things, so... You yeah. do it for family, for real family. Always, Always um, But I do, I, I do love uh, also on <clears throat> on on Navarro. We do get like, hey, here's what happened to Card Two. Yeah. here's what Here, happened. Here's to- the the update <laughs> for yeah. everything else. But, like, we gave you some like, updates in Book of Boba Fett on some characters. For every other character, here's what's up. <laughs> yeah. But the Cara Dune thing is just so funny because it's just like, oh yeah, she's special forces now. It's, oh okay. Yeah, it was like it was like in Dragon Ball when somebody like would die in Dragon Ball, but they do the American dub and they'd be like, "I just saw his parachute open." When he when he got into town, I was like, "How are they going to handle this?" And it, it, my mind popped up. I was like, "What if they do it like that '90s show where they just don't mention hide whatsoever?" And I was like, "What if they do that here? That'd be so fucking weird." That would be amazing. Uh, but, but yeah, and then uh, speaking on that, we get the kind of Moff Gideon update as well, where he was sent to a war tribunal and i was thinking about this i was like oh that's 
interesting. I wish we saw that. And I, I think this is like one of the weird uh, kind of difficult challenges that the Mandalorian doesn't face too often, but the Mandalorian kind of being one of the building blocks to, you know, uh, getting Ahsoka and all these other like bigger galaxy things that are really interesting. Um, but because it's the Mandalorian and it follows him, it's hard that we, it's, it's not often that we're jumping around to different perspectives and different story beats that don't deal directly with what he's doing. And that was an unfortunate one with Gideon because he was kind of like the big bad for like the second half of season one or maybe yeah. like the last couple of episodes of season one and then going into season two and he was like a big part and then it's like, oh, he got sent to a war tribunal. I was like, I would have loved to see that. Granted, sure. it makes sense that Mando wouldn't be there, but yeah, I don't know. It was one of those weird like, hmm, I wish I, think, I wish we saw I, that in something, you know. I think that's I think that's something with with them just sort of keeping the door open for Giancarlo to come back if he wants to. Mm. You know, normally if, if if a villain gets defeated in in like a you know, even in a Star Wars thing, if a villain gets defeated, it's like, well, we beat that guy and what happened to him? Well, we won't know for two seasons till he comes crawling out of a vent with the body of a spider. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it, you you often don't hear. Uh, so I, I kind of I'm kind of OK with them saying like, oh, don't worry. We stopped that guy and he went to he went to trial for his crimes. Yeah, um, I would be surprised if that trial was on the up and up. Like we're hearing a lot about like. Even grief says, I don't want a new Republic marshal because I don't trust any regime anymore. And it's that distrust of the new Republic that is going to cause the rise of the first order in the background. We know mm. that. And so I'm wondering if there isn't a group that thinks Moff Gideon is very useful to them right now. I mean, that's, and, a good point. that's the thing. I, I'm with you on that, where I think that we will see Gideon in some form in this season. It might just be a little bit of teasing for what's to come in the future, because I do right. think we're going to get majority focused on Mandalore, that whole, the idea of what it is to be a Mandalorian this season. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that with the, uh, the scientist guy, Kirshner... I want to say. Yeah, yeah, because we saw yeah, him. The in doctor the, is coming back. Yeah, we saw him in the trailers on Coruscant. And we also saw him in Bad Batch, right? The end of season one. Or at least his yeah. people, similar. Yeah. Um, uh, he's somewhere He's rope. somewhere animated. <laughs> the, the, the dealing with the, the cloning process and what yeah. will eventually yeah. lead to Snoke and all that stuff. Like, they've been teasing that throughout Mandalorian. And I feel like him, like that character, that squad and Moff Gideon are intrinsically tied. Mm -hmm. So I think that knowing that we're going to get to Coruscant at some point, I imagine that's where I like that. Maybe that maybe we get the tribunal there. Maybe we we, we hear about more of it or something. We do like a little bit flashback to catch up yeah. way. I guess my problem is I just wish we we somewhere we got to follow up to like literally like Luke and uh, mm -hmm. Grogu walk off the ship and it's like yeah. What's now that what? scene? How did Where's that whole Yeah, so yeah. Well, you're right. It's an episode where they're doing so much and they're dropping they're they're info dumping so much, they're table setting so much for us that you're right. Cuz it it's just on its own, it would not be a weird sentence, but in an episode that has a lot of threads that feel that way, mm -hmm. it becomes cumulative. Like even we've even got people in the in the live studio audience right now that are saying like, "Dude, I didn't watch Boba Fett." And I don't know how Grogu got back with Mando because he said it in one line in the show. And if you blinked, you missed it, right? Yeah. It was basically like, oh, I see that you're still with that little critter. It's like, yes, he decided to stop his training and be with me. He's like, well, why don't you buy a house here on Navarro? And it's like, yo, if I didn't keep up with literally everything Star Wars, would I be confused right now? My, my yeah. only my counterpoint to that is the people that watched it aren't in much better of a spot. Like, 
Sure. Right. <laughs> we we saw some things happen, but and like and like we know, okay, yeah, he he tried to train, then he eventually chose the Mandalorians over Jedi. You don't need to watch it. I just explained it to you. That's what happens. Yeah. And it's like But it was such a major emotional moment. It's that, fucking weird. It's bad. Long in Mandalorian. It's a Mandalorian story. Um, and it's a payoff of two years of the Mandalorian series. And it was it was an odd thing to put into the middle of an episode of Boba Fett. It yeah, was just strange. One of the and most like bizarre we've said, choices. Like we've history. said throughout reviewing Book of Boba Fett, weird show. Maybe that should have been completely reworked into you know, telling a bo- actual Boba Fett story and then maybe right. reworking those Mando episodes into something well, else. I mean, those two episodes also- could have just been a special on Disney Plus like they do with the special presentations with Marvel. Like, yeah. Imagine if it was like... The the Mandalore or like if they just straight up promoted those episodes as like yeah. Luke trains Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, it, it's also something that we talked about with, with Book of Boba Fett, where I think they want to get to a point where they've got so much stuff in production here. They've obviously pulled back on a lot of uh, Disney Plus production now that Bob Iger's back and he's like, hey, do we make money off of these or are they just kind of tiring out our talent? Um, and but one of the things that we talked about was the idea that they don't want there to be 15 different Star Wars shows. They want there to be their Star Wars on every week. Come watch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't think they, I don't think they, they see on a 10 year plan, 15 year plan that there's a season of Andor followed by a season of the Mandalorian followed by this. There's just Star Wars on every week. And, I, I'm and there are multiple you. stories going. I'm with you. And I love that. And I, I want to yeah. buy into that. It gets confusing even for people like us when you start the new episode of Star Wars and it starts with chapter 17. But chapter right. 17 doesn't follow up chapter 16. Because they're only, yeah, because they're only half into that strategy right yeah, now. Yeah, they you need know to what just I mean? commit, man. Like, if they commit, we'll commit. But it's like, it's Do just you know what really they committed to? Push and pull. Space Do you know what they committed to? Mm. And Zellens. They committed oh, they to committed Bapu so hard. Frick. Dude, bad, bad baby. The, bad baby. Bad baby. Bad baby. And, baby. The Boken. It Boken. <laughs> like, no, it Boken. No work. It Boken. And, and the, like also that, that <laughs> great Carl Weathers, uh, you know, uh, comedic timing there where it's like Mando's <laughs> sort of getting out and then Carl Weathers is trying to translate. He's great? like, dude, what I is, got, I fucking got it. Like, was I that the most bizarre thing? Grief translating the basic because he thinks that Mando doesn't understand the accent of the Anzellan. Dude. When what Mando doesn't understand is when the Anzellan is speaking as it's such a good bit. It's, it's so such good. A good I, bit. I, I and, and I love it because like, they're in this tiny little house, and like Carl Weathers is like awkwardly like, "Yo, what's going on?" <laughs> I, I just it was so weird, but I loved it. I, I don't know. I I like. Th- said, there was also he the- said it's broken. He said he can't do it without the part. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that led into the um. There was the one liner that Mando had. Um, later when he with with IG Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, now uh, that's using your head. Now that's using what? your head, and I'm like. What the fuck? Like, did a comedy writer write this episode? I, I forgot to look at who actually wrote this because, like, this felt so bizarrely not and it wasn't like even, what we normally It, it wasn't get, even set get. up. Like, there, was there a line before that where it was like, ah, oh, yeah, I got to use my head to solve this problem? And no. Then well, because he drops, he drops the giant head of grief cargo. No, I understand thing. that, but like, Carboni. But, but like, like, that's not. No, but see, no, guys, he hold on. It's Boken. No, no, no. He said no, it's no, Boken. Yeah, it's Boken. I get it. I get it. The thing is, though, like, what we. <laughs> You have to watch the book of Boba Fett to understand <laughs> that uh, that Grogu trained with Luke. You need to watch The Last of Us to know that Pedro Pascal learned about puns recently. That's so true. that's true. That's what uh, no, but here. that's the thing. That line coming out of Mando's mouth. Mando is the least likely character to say that 
in all of Star Wars it's that weird. I've ever seen. And so it's like, yeah. I get that it's like character growth of like, he's becoming a fun dad now, I guess. And like, look, yeah. I, I'm not even hating on this. I enjoyed it. Like having Carl Weathers like make dumb ass jokes and stuff. I was like, this is goofy. This is a tone that I'm okay with if you guys commit to this tone. Like, yeah. I, yeah, no. I enjoyed the hell out of this episode because they had fucking fun. Yeah. I said, I, he said that out loud. He said, that's using your head. And I went, what? And, but I liked it, but I went, <laughs> what like i said it out loud yeah like i woke up dagger i woke up my dog because he said he, he said now that's using your head and i went what and my dog looks up and he's like what <laughs> what, what, what happened um my my last thing is is he committing to getting uh this part for ig11 because i thought that was interesting yes. of you know, for, he he wants to you know get the pieces that are left of IG, uh, IG11 uh, back together, build some new parts so he can like walk around and stuff like that. And the kind of main reason is like this is the only droid I trust. But then they're also talking about like uh, with the the little um, Babu Frick dudes of hey the memory bank is corrupted hey, hey. And, uh, and fucked up hey, hey. so even if we like bring this back and it's not a murderous robot it's not gonna like really remember anything and that's where i'm like well what point is it worth it to have ig11 then because if it's no longer the the same memory and stuff like that it's just gonna be like a blank slate droid just go get a different fucking droid Tim this, Gettys, this is like funny. i'm gonna even call this out for you to know as future spoilers because we know in the trailer and after seeing this episode, I'm now like, okay, 100%, this is what is happening. Mm. So just prepare yourselves. It's R5. R5 is going to be the droid that helps him. Oh, uh, okay. So we're this, so this, he's not committing this, to IG-11. I think he's man. committing. I don't think it's going to work. Gotcha. And I think that sooner gotcha. than later, R5 is going to join Mando. From um, Sedaris, her character? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because, yeah, so, R5 yeah. is hanging out Hi. in the uh, Book of Boba Fett. No doc here. Uh, I think I think what we're seeing is like when we're talking about all these things that Mando has to let go of in this season, he has to let go of the idea of the chi- the being the children of the watch. He has mm-hmm. to he has to realize that it's IG eleven is not the only droid he can trust. Yeah, like that's going to be a growth like moment for him. And so I think they're going to go on a long thing to bring back IG eleven. But I would not be shocked to find that they can't do it. Yep, hundred mm. percent. Mm. I, okay. I think that that's going to be where we're we're heading in the next couple episodes okay. um, on the droid front. Uh, but again, I think it's interesting that like, while it feels like not much happened here, I do think that this being the table setting episode, this is the There's best. There's a lot of little threads. It's the best table setting we've had for a Star Wars premiere yet, I think, uh, mm-hmm. where I would we got us back in the world of Mando, and like, I know exactly where we're going with this. I don't have questions on the overall direction. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about the how we're going to get there and what what side things we're going to get. I'm excited for that, though. Um, and I feel like we're we're in a good place. It's there's still some questions that need to be answered, but I think that um, the 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 premieres of every Mando season have been like this, where there's yeah. we get a and big this is the beefiest fight. one, honestly. If exactly. you go back to season two and season one, like yeah, and that's why like I I didn't dislike this episode. It was just like I said at the beginning, a gear shift where I was yeah, like, oh, okay, totally. we gotta we gotta reset. We're not at the fucking. I'm I'm trying to fucking go to uh, Mach ten right now, but we gotta start off a little bit. But he does go to Mach 10. Though. I know. When he God, fucking so leaves. Cool. And you just, hey. The N1 is the dopest freaking Dude, shit. I, for him. So, someone, good, I man. think, maybe in the live chat for like kind of funny yesterday or somewhere was like, I hope like one of the things, or maybe I saw this on Twitter, was like, I hope one of the things that happens this season is that uh, he gets his old shit back because the N1 uh, Starfighter is dumb and it's poo. And I was like, what? Are you nah, insane? It's a, it's a bad out. take. <laughs> it's a bad take. 
It's about listen, it. I like the Razor Crest too, but and and it's definitely better when you have a full crew to have a yeah. ship that can actually carry them. But I'll tell you what, ain't nothing better than a chromed out, like tricked out, NOS equipped, dude, fast and furious Naboo Starfighter Flash Gordon ass space cigar. That to you fly, fly through it. the Bunta Eve uh course in a show <laughs> called The Book of Boba Fett. I mean, legitimately, like that stuff is so damn cool and it's just having fun. But uh I really love again going back to that space scene that we get here. I love the the phases that 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 battle has, where it's yeah. like we kind of yeah. see him flying, we see a little bit of battling, and then it just turns into a cat and mouse, and like he's he's toying with them, he's having fun, and he's using his little fast car to go around. I'm like, this is straight out of Fast and Furious, man! Like this is the ridiculous levels of Dominic Toretto fucking doing dumb yeah. shit. It yeah. just makes me so giddy and warms my little tum tum. Yeah. And they're doing it in Star Wars with fucking awesome music playing. I I really appreciated the. I mean, the Mando theme is an all timer. Like so, period, we all understand that. I really love how John Williams, they made the uh, Mando theme sound during this space fight mm. where mm -hmm. there was like a cinematic epic quality to it of just like the instrumentation of it all. Yeah. And then when Mando started turning it into the cat and mouse thing, it got way more electronic and it got way more just like, nah, 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 but this is fucking Mando, baby. Yeah. yeah. We do yeah. dubstep in this show. Remember that at Hell the end yeah, of season dude. two? Um, oh my God. I, and I, I, I liked the, the reveal of the big pirate ship as well because it's like a, and that was, I had a moment where I was like, oh, are we taking a left turn for like the next couple of episodes and they're going to be captured by these pirates? Like what's going on? And I like that he just nopes out because you kind of forget how, tricked out the n1 is so tight carboni go for it okay. well i just i had this is the question i have to ask every time we do a star wars thing particularly a star wars thing set in this era this is the question that i want to ask to end this one out calcastus when <laughs> never <laughs> i don't think this show Cal no, Kestis I don't went, think any show. Every time we get every time we get introduced to more cross-pollinated star wars stuff i'm like he's out there just let He's that kid out there be literally right now. Just let him be. Just let him be a, a little a little dude in the galaxy just going on his own journeys. He will be in live action. There's He's going to be in live I don't action. Want it. It's a matter of when. It's a matter of when. And I think the when is and that, going to be And that's a be... weird and that's a rare thing for me. I love crossover. Like I I, I like Cal and his journey and I I, I don't need that crossover in other things cuz I don't know where you take it in a satisfying way. Um so the yeah. Path. That's just that's just me. It'll be with the path. Whenever we get that Kenobi mm, follow-up oh storyline. Yo, oh, the path. I forgot about that. The path is definitely going to be big in Ahsoka, for sure. Mm, mm. The path is going to be huge in Ahsoka. Man, they're setting up so much stuff right now in Star Wars, and it's so fun. It is. It is fun, man. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey. It's, good to have you. it's good to have you back on board, Tim Getty. <laughs> hey, I've been back on board for a while now, y'all. Uh, How's Bad Batch going, though? Tim? Okay, I'm not back on board with something. You know what I mean? I made it two episodes in, and I was like, "Oh man, I wish this show demanded." Let me tell you about the Adventures of Omega. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it out, but like, uh, there's some it, cool. It, it's running into early Clone Wars seasons troubles, where it's like, it's a lot of filler. And we're but past then when that, we, man. I know we're past that. But then when they get to the like clone decommission stuff, you're like, "Oh shit, this is interesting." And then it's like, "All right, yeah. next episode, back to filler." It's like, "Oh god." So yeah, yeah. Are you watching it, Carboni? I am watching it, and I, 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 I agree with you, Barrett. It's definitely, it's got that, um, we're allowed to do this much because there's this much going on in Star Wars entirely. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we play in the space that we have as an animated series that has kind of more limited eyeballs on us? Mm -hmm. What are we allowed to tell? 
Um, but when they're allowed to focus on the clone stuff and really tell that story, I think that's I think it's a lot of fun. I really do. Yeah. There's a Senate scene, Tim. I mean, dude, I mean, dope I, mean I know there's going to be moments that are great, just like season one had moments that were like, oh, my God, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just I wish it wasn't 16 episodes and I wish yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, as- I would honestly where we're at right now, I think we're halfway through the season or so maybe a little bit more at this point. Yeah, just I, I think wait for the entire season to be out. And yeah. Get it all done. Um, But I am watching Rebels still. And goddamn, that is a television Rebels, show. Rebels. Oh, too really many does. people slept on Rebels. Yeah, it's because it was on Disney XD originally, and it, uh, you know, granted, uh, it being one of my favorite Star Wars stories has, you know, not the greatest art style. Um, so you know, it's a, it's a lot to sell to people. But once you get yeah. into the meat, it's oh, so once you get into it, it's and medium. I'll tell you what, the um the back half of Resistance, the like that last animated cartoon, the back half of Resistance is wildly good Star Wars. Yeah, and people slept maybe one on day. that too. Maybe one maybe day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know in the comments below if you watch Star Wars Resistance uh, and what you thought of the Mandalorian season three premiere. Wow. Uh, we will be coming back each and every week right here on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny with Anthony Carboni and Sage Ryan whenever they are available. There might be a week that we need to skip for some unforeseen uh, issues. That are foreseen, actually. But uh, we'll we'll keep you updated. But I just want to let you know, the plan is to be here each and every week, 11.30 a.m. live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Carboni, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at A Carboni everywhere except for Twitch. I'm at Anthony Carboni. And uh, Sage and I have our Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning show over on Pixel Circus on Twitch. Go watch that. It's called It's Too Early, and it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Until next week. Bad baby.